0: Welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host Leanne Hunt and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 9 of the Knitter Square podcast. If this is your first time listening then um, I just... Welcome you and invite you to go and see our website where you can see wonderful pictures and lots of news about the work that we do here in South Africa, reaching out to vulnerable children and um, making the most incredible blankets and beanies and soft toys and hand warmers to hand out to them, especially as the cold months um, approach, which is happening right now. As we are in May going into June, this is uh, when it really starts to bite here in South Africa. Well, in today's episode, I wanted to just say I'm incredibly grateful for technology and the ability to connect with people around the world and even in our own neighborhoods. I think uh, lockdown has made it um, more necessary for us to use technology to connect, whether it's just using the phone or email or uh, podcasts and um, all sorts of Zoom and other online platforms, Um, certainly has uh, enriched my life, and I think I've, I've actually put in a lot of efforts into establishing little groups and um, making these things happen, and it has been so fantastically rewarding. I've found that um, my appreciation of friends and friendship and relationships has just deepened as a result of being able to. Um, have these regular chats with people whether it's my family on a Sunday night we do a two-hour call with my daughters who are um, overseas as I've said before one in London and and um, uh, the daughters in Dublin but um, you know even with uh, local friends in our knitting group people that we would normally meet at a restaurant every Wednesday to to share a cup of coffee and maybe a scone or two um, we haven't met in person for ages and so we've been meeting you know, through WhatsApp and um, it's, it's just been fantastic to keep that regular connection alive. And as a result of that, I've been thinking a lot about connections. So here's some thought for you. <laughs> if connections are the what, then let's look at the why, the how, the where, the when and the why. Um this is just my perhaps my journalistic brain because <laughs> I was taught that this is what you do when you when you approach a new story, a news story I should say. Um if connections are the what, then what are the other things? Well, I think um in terms of Square, uh the when and the where are the context. So at Knitter Square, the context we are in is um a world in which we have vulnerable children and we have adults who are skilled. And who are willing to use their talents and their time to help others. It's a time also when we are um, able to use technology to help with uh, contact to each other. And to join hands and to become members of a common cause. So that's the where and the when. As for the how... Um, That's the method we use. I think that um, we use online in a big way because we have the website and the forum and Facebook and that to be able to communicate with each other, share and inspire each other. A podcast too. Um, And of course, the postal system, which is a big part of the, the how, because those beautiful squares and blankets and things need to be transported from one side of the world to the other to be handed out. So whether it's coming in a ship or an airplane or a container or (laughs) parcels or little packages or perhaps just even in plastic bags brought by car from people in our local area to the barn, um, all these things need to reach us somehow to be sorted and combined into beautiful blankets that can be handed out. That would be the how. Thirdly, um, it would be the who. So who are these people that make up Knitter Square? Well, of course, you know that answer. <laughs> it's the wonderful members in the Square Circle Forum, all our fantastic partners around the world, who produce the beautiful knitted things and send them to us, and our donors, people who maybe can't actually um, do the knitting, or perhaps it's too expensive to send knitting from where you are, but uh, you support us financially so that we can pay the rent and the petrol and the. Um, postal (laughs) charges which are so awful and astronomical Uh, so that would be the who Uh, and of course not to not to forget our volunteers on the ground um, Rhonda and her team so all the people that are in the barn and um, in the neighboring um, areas doing all the the sewing up and the google groups and all that so lots of people involved in the who and then finally number four would be the why why do we do it? Well again you know the answer to this. It's it's because we are so motivated to make a difference in the lives of other people. We know that we have been blessed. We have uh, skills, talents um, to be able to knit and crochet and we know that there's a great need out there and we want to make a difference. So we really um, do what we can reaching out and um, it gives us tremendous feeling of uh, fulfillment, enjoyment, and just that wonderful goodwill that we feel. As I said, that warm fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crush for charity. So I just thought that would be quite fun to share with you my thoughts on connections. And leading on from there, um, as I'm sitting here knitting on my pink corner to corner square this time, Today's interview is with Suzanne Leverton, who is in South Australia, and she shares with us about how she um, she was a remote nurse working with Indigenous people in Central Australia. Interesting background, interesting career, um, and how after her husband passed away, she went back there. And um, that was when she became um, aware of Knitter Square and started knitting for charity for the children here in South Africa and she shares how her mom got involved so um, that's my interview with Suzanne and I'm going to hand you straight over to listen to that now Welcome, Suzanne, to the podcast, and you're coming from to me from South Australia. Can you describe where you live and a little bit about, yeah, about the setting?
1: So I live, I live in a very beautiful part of South Australia called the York Peninsula. Mm-hmm. So it's a long, skinny peninsula down on the bottom of South Australia, shaped a little bit like Italy's boot, and I live on the western side of that peninsula, Almost down the bottom in what you'd call the instep of the of okay. the boot, and a little coastal community called Hardwick Bay.
0: And you told me that you had to drive to a place to get decent reception. Does that mean that you're sort of right out of civilisation?
1: Uh, no, I've come into our nearest large largest town, which is called Minlaton, which is a rural rural town. And it's twenty kilometres from where I live.
0: And you're sitting in your car as you record this. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's hopefully going to give us very good um, quality of sound. I hope so. Um, Suzanne, tell us about your involvement in Knitter Square.
1: So I joined in uh, 2014. And it was after seeing a news item on the international news here in Australia about Mandela Day distributions of blankets. And so I did some Google research and discovered Knitter Square. And I took it from there.
0: And your, your involvement, how, I mean, when you started, um, did you immediately get fully involved with the forum and everything? Or were you working? No, else? I was
1: a little bit. I was a little it was little dribs and drabs um, mm-hmm. because I was a remote area nurse so I was working in remote indigenous communities in central Australia. Mm-hmm. So I started doing a little bit of knitting after hours to fill in fill in the time and started sending off a few squares and then a blanket, and then I became more involved as time went on, and as I had more time available to me.
0: Well, that sounds so, interesting. I want to take you back to that remote nurse position that you had. Were you living in Central Australia at that time?
1: When Well, moved to South Australia specifically, sorry, moved to Central Australia specifically to work in that area. Okay. So my late husband and I had done it many years previously. Um, he'd worked with the youth in the community and uh, we'd been away for probably mm, 10, 15 years or so, and our children were all by this time independent mm-hmm. and living living elsewhere and um, decided to go back and return to return to remote remote nursing.
0: Was that a desert area in Central Australia? Yes. Must have been quite hard, quite rugged for you living there.
1: It is, but we were both, we were both outdoors people and we both loved, loved the work when we'd done it, you know, yeah. previously. So we were, you know, quite, quite looking forward to, to going back and doing, doing it again.
0: And how long were you there in, in Central Australia?
1: Well, unfortunately, we'd only been back six or so months and Alan, my husband, was diagnosed with motor neuron disease. So that changed the course of our plans of quite a bit. Um, we stayed out there for as long as we could um, and then we we moved back to South Australia um, as we knew his time was limited, and uh, we'd been building a house in our absence so that we could move back, and um, he managed to get 10 weeks in our new house by the ocean oh. before he passed away.
0: That must have been a tough time. Uh, yes.
1: Enjoying-
0: during all that, were you, were you still doing your netting? I mean, what, how did that affect it?
1: No, I, I, so I took leave of absence to, so that I could um, stay home and, and look after Alan at home so mm. that he didn't have to be hospitalised. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we stayed at home together and he passed away at home with, with the family there.
0: Gee, I'm sorry to hear that, Suzanne. How long ago was that now?
1: So that's just gone 16 years. Wow. Mm.
0: You've been on your own a long time then.
1: Yes. Yeah. So when it was time to go back to work, um, you know, three months later, I went back to remote nursing again, but it was quite different going back and being on my own. Certainly. Yes. Yes. It took Gosh. a bit of getting used to.
0: Absolutely. But now you're back in South Australia, so are you fully retired?
1: Yes, now? I'm fully retired now. Yes,
0: that's lovely. <laughs> Do you have your family living around you?
1: Uh, we're we're a bit dispersed. We're a bit of a United Nations family. Um, so my son lives in Cambodia. He's lived there for uh, eighteen years. Yeah. Uh, he's married. To a Cambodian, and he has three children. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next child, my daughter, she lives in Adelaide, and my youngest daughter lives in New South Wales on a farm. Mm-hmm. So, so we're all over the place.
0: Absolutely. So you're. you're something- I have a
1: Cambodian daughter in law and a Peruvian son in law, <laughs> <laughs> and an Aussie son in law. <laughs>
0: Oh, my goodness, Suzanne, that's amazing. <laughs> um, so you're sitting there in southern Australia and you're yes. looking for the children in South Africa. So what, what sort of makes you want to do that? I mean, there's, there's lots of causes around the
1: world. Um, blame my mother. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my mother, who only stopped knitting for Kaz. Um, a few months ago, she's almost ninety-seven. Uh, my mum was always doing for other for other people. Um, so we we grew up in a household, and um, you know, mum was always. I, I can barely remember a Christmas that we didn't have somebody else, you know, at the at the Christmas dinner table who would have otherwise been been alone. So. And she knitted for charity um, and uh, was sort of brought up to always think of others. Yeah, mm. think mm. of those less fortunate than yourself because you never know when when you might be the one needing some help.
0: Yes, absolutely. Did you introduce mm. your mum to Zeta Square?
1: I did. She'd previously knitted for many charities and uh, so she was previously knitting jumpers for, for another charity Mm -hmm. that was uh, run by, by a friend of mine. Um, But then um, circumstances changed with, with him moving to take um, uh, control of the, of a charity overseas. And so we no longer had a way of getting mums knitting to him. So, she transferred to Knitter Square and just mm. continued. Okay. Uh, so she knitted jumpers for Knitter Square for uh, probably about five years till she found with her hands jumpers were too heavy to handle. So then mm. she just transferred to beanies.
0: Yes, and of course we don't do uh, the jerseys anymore. Um,
1: so we no, doing, yeah, doing yeah. So that beanies. was quite timely. Yes, yes
0: absolutely. Um, and Suzanne, I believe you are famous for your farm animals. <laughs> Can you tell us about those?
1: Well, I think I think it's probably just my picture squares. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've, over the years, sent in a number of picture squares. And I usually try and knit some picture squares for the theme of the month. Mm-hmm. But this past 12 months, I really haven't um, got many done with with family commitments and one thing than another. Um, I've been more inclined to just crochet blankets that don't take so much concentration. Mm. But I did do a bundle of uh, farmyard squares for the farmyard yes. theme, which were posted off about six or seven months ago, and they've recently arrived at Nitter Square. Have.
0: They have. I know. It's remarkable that they do eventually arrive. I know they take ages because you send by a mail, I think, didn't you?
1: Yes, mm. yes the postage is quite costly here from the other side of the world yeah so it's mail. yes and it's considerably slower than it used to be when I first started knitting um would get to CAS in about mm. three months sometimes mm-hmm. even you know six six or eight weeks but mm-hmm. now it's taking six or seven months
0: mm. yes well let's just hope it's because of COVID and then it, re- it gets back to normal I don't know we hope so yeah (laughs) um so just want to stick with the picture squares because i'm rather fascinated um i i have done some knitting in color before years ago when i could see properly but um it is tricky and then you've got all the the um the strands at the back to deal with yes can you tell tell us how you well how you've perfected it
1: Oh, I don't know whether you'd say it was perfected when you look at the back of them, Leanne. Uh, I try to keep them as neat as possible. Um, I, If I'm knitting um, long stretches of a colour, uh, I just uh, carry that along. But sometimes when you only have maybe a, a few stitches of, say, black, um here and there might be a few stitches further across the row in it with with inches in between well then i i put separate threads in so i'm not carrying quite so much across the back
0: yes then try and
1: stick the ends in it at the finish
0: Mm. and then i know that sometimes you can have a problem if you're doing a dark color behind a light color it can actually show through
1: yes so um i Tend to try and carry a few stitches, and then just uh, you know pick up one be one behind, so you mm. don't have whole blocks of dark color showing yes. showing behind. So yeah. not quite as tidy on the back, but um, no. you know, for the benefit of the picture on the other side.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think the picture squares are are just so special for the children, and then you, of course you've got. Uh, all the plain Jane squares that come in and we can um, arrange them so that we've got picture squares, one or two in a blanket and, you know, this sort of spruce up a whole lot of different blankets with interesting squares. So, uh, you know, it just makes it very um, exciting for the children to get.
1: Uh, yes. Pictures yeah, and amazing. I hate to think of one child getting a picture on their blanket and, you know, the next child not getting a picture. So yeah. when I do a bundle, I try to do, you know, I try to do a decent bundle of them so they can be spread between quite a few blankets. Yeah, yeah.
0: fantastic. Well, thank you for that, Suzanne. Um, and then just to go back to the packaging and the postage, um, presumably your mum and you were were sharing packages. But uh, tell us about, you know, how, how you'd sort of package them up and send them in what sort of quantities.
1: Yeah, so postage from Australia. Yeah. Um, Pro rata, it becomes cheaper to send per kilo, to send larger parcels than multiple small parcels. Okay. So where I used to send off a parcel every month with a lesser quantity, these days I send a larger parcel every couple of months and compress a couple of months knitting into a parcel um, And that's better value for money. Mm -hmm. And also, at your end, um, it saves the multiple fees for the parcels at your end. Because in South Africa, I'm aware that you now have to pay for every parcel that you pick up, regardless of the size of it. So it works both ways for both of us.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. For the last couple of years, we've had to pay, um, it started off as 50 rand per parcel. I believe it's gone up to about 80 rand a parcel so when we get a little package, that becomes a very expensive thing. Um, obviously, yes. if we're getting a, a full box, um, then we're just only too grateful to have the full box, and it's a it's a, it's a small cost to pay. So um, that's that's fantastic. And then do you um, do you package sort of in plastic and take out the air so that you can?
1: Um, I pack in I try your... to, uh, mm-hmm. and I use the big um, cheap zipper bags um, that that you buy in the cheap shops. Mm-hmm. Um, so they cost about $2.50 for an enormous big bag. Okay. And I, I parcel it all into there, uh, try to tie if I have a blanket pack, you know, I tie it and compress it, mm-hmm. compress them down, um, squeeze as much into the bag as I can, and then go through just about the best part of a roll of sellotape rolling it round and round and round and round and round so that if the zip breaks um, or if the bag bursts along the seams yes nothing's going to be lost on route. so yes Yes. I have seen photos of Estelle attacking my bags with the scissors
0: (laughs) oh it's funny uh, doing the unpacking we see so many ingenious ways of people packing their things um, but certainly it's nice to see when, when people take the extra trouble to package in as much as possible, because obviously a, a large bag that just contains a lot of air, um, it's probably going to to cost more just because it takes up more space in the, um, you know, in the transport for the post office. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, So no, I've been known to sit on my bags in the post office. Yes. To the entertainment of the other customers. (laughs) My local post office in in Middleton is very good. Uh, They know me now. I take the bags in unopened and put it on the scales and then we adjust till we get it to the, so that we, if we need to add a little bit to bring it up to get the full value for for the cost. Uh, So they're great. That's
0: fantastic.
1: You know, nice or if to I need to take yeah, no, they're really, they're really, really great. Yes, uh, yes,
0: and, and, and the staff
1: there have even been known to give me donations of wool.
0: Oh, fantastic! <laughs> but speaking of that, you know, the cooperation. I mean, have you sort of seen other people in your community get inspired by what you do?
1: Um, a lot of people knit for various charities. So I'm the only one that knits for knitter square. Mm-hmm. But a number of people pass wool a knitting yarn um, on to me. So mm-hmm. yes. Lovely. No which I'm always very grateful for.
0: Yeah. And tell me about your involvement on the forum.
1: I try to I try to check out the pages, you know, at least once a week. Sometimes it gets away from me if I've got family mm-hmm. stuff on. And I was a moderator for 12 months, but then because because of um, needing to be with my ageing mother quite a bit and not being so reliable, I opted to opt out of the... Out of being a moderator, and mm-hmm. I had small grandchildren, and uh, my son-in-law was travelling overseas a lot for work, so I was giving my daughter a lot of lot of help with the kids whenever he was away. Okay. Um, so, with time, you know, I'll probably be happy to to join the moderator moderator team again. But I usually like to have a look, and there's people that you feel you almost know on the forum because. Yeah you know you see them so often and you speak you speak to them um via the forum so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yes and and this year in fact i had planned two years ago i i had actually said to athlete and estelle that um in 2021 i was planning to do a visit to south africa um do a do a um, package tour and um Try and fit in visiting the three charities there that I support. So I support you guys mm-hmm. and um, little little libraries. Mm-hmm. So Camille, I send packages over to her for little libraries and Jay Bay Recycling. Yeah, um, and I thought it would be so nice to to meet meet the people at the various charities but uh, then COVID got in the way so yes who knows when that will happen now yeah
0: but I hope you can come because it would be so lovely to meet you face to face
1: it would, and, and a mm. couple of the members have been to South Africa um, and done it, you know, mm. and they've been so thrilled, so yes. Yeah. So I, it's still on my bucket list to do, Leanne.
0: Mm, that'd be fantastic, Suzanne. <laughs> and then of all the things that you you send into to, to Knitter Square, um, do you just knit or do you do some crocheting as well?
1: Well, for the first couple of years, I, I knitted, I was not a crochet Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I decided I wanted to learn how to do granny squares because I always admired them when they came into our op shop. Okay. And I thought I'd love to be able to do them. So I bought a book on how to crochet
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and thought this will be easy. (laughs) well it wasn't (laughs) i started on the little central circle bit Mm. and i couldn't even work out how to join the circle yeah and i did it and i pulled it out and i did it and i pulled it out and i did it and i pulled it out and i was just at a mental stop yes so i mentioned on the forum and i had wonderful response from the ladies on there and i think it might have been chris chiplin i might i may mm-hmm. be wrong but one of the regular ladies said um have a look at youtube mm-hmm. now i had never you i'd never looked at youtube in my entire life she said <laughs> that, so i checked it out I, I worked out how to get onto youtube onto a tutorial on granny squares and when it got to the joining bit It was so obvious. It was exactly what the book said to do, but to see it actually done. As opposed to trying to follow instructions in a book. And that was it. Um, I, I did my first few squares with one eye on the instructions and one eye on the crochet hook and plodded along, plodded along. And then all of a sudden, after three or four squares, it just suddenly gelled. What yes. the the whole pattern of what I was doing gelled. So now I can just pick up a crochet hook and a ball of wool and just do them. You know, I think, as they say like riding a bike. But, yeah,
0: but the way you explain it was exactly my my experience because I only learned to crochet about three years ago. And um, the same thing, I went to a, a crocheting group and got a. Um, a, a printout of, of the actual pattern. And I was shown how to do it. But it, I struggled with it when I went home and I tried to do it by myself with that little middle circle. And yes. it, it took me ages sort of getting help from other people. But suddenly it clicks. And once it clicks, it it really is, um, it's lovely because you just keep churning them out. And I must say the YouTube videos were very helpful to me as well. So for anyone out there who hasn't tried that, it's definitely an option.
1: I've actually recommended it to a couple of people since.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And funnily enough, YouTube has a big community of knitters and crocheters who teach various stitches and patterns and things. So you can actually go to town learning new things on YouTube. But Suzanne, I commend you for your, your um, tech, technological adventuring because I mean today is the first time you've ever used Zoom and I, that's fantastic. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> After three tries, yeah. we're there.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And for anybody and I else, have
1: the app on my phone
0: yes and for anybody else who who's thinking of maybe coming on the podcast and doing an interview please will you sort of just um reassure them
1: (laughs) if i can do it anybody can do it
0: (laughs) thank you suzanne well it's been lovely chatting to you and i mean i just have a picture of you sitting there at the very south southern part of australia so far away from me but, um, of course, it's morning for me and mid-afternoon for you, probably getting towards 8th afternoon. Yeah. But yes. we are all yes. sort of joined in a common cause.
1: <laughs> and as I always say, I'm in the other SA. I'm in South Australia. You are. And That's you guys true. are in South Africa. Yes. <laughs> so the other SA. Exactly. But our, our, our seasons match. So yes. you're on exactly the same seasons as us. Yes. yes. Here in in the southern southern and um i think your your weather patterns seem to be very similar to where i live in southern australia yes
0: okay and we're both heading in for winter now
1: we are yes Mm. and the chill has been in the air the last couple of nights
0: (laughs) yes oh for me too definitely (laughs) well suzanne thanks so much for chatting to me and um uh, yeah it's been lovely lovely catching up and getting to know you and I'm sure for the other members out there as well
1: and really nice to see you Leanne I, I read your your bits in the snippets and uh, but it's not quite the same is it, as seeing someone face to face so yeah. it's been really great to meet you oh,
0: thank you Suzanne lovely <laughs> well have a good day further
1: yeah, okay you okay. too
0: Bless bye bye then So as you heard from Suzanne there, she knew nothing about Zoom when it came to um, starting the whole process of, of doing an interview with me. But the fact is that by the end of it, um, everything went beautifully and uh, I thought she managed very well. It really isn't complicated and I'll walk you through it if that's what you'd like to do. If you have a story to share with us, why don't you get in touch with me, use the email address that is um, attached to the podcast, leanne.knittersquare.com and um, we can make a plan it's it's a very simple process of setting up a a time and um, we'll do the interview just like a chat on the phone and then of course I edit it and get it all ready for production but that's um that happens on my end not not for you to worry about so as I say it's really nice for us to hear voices of members around the world to hear about what you care about what your life is like where you live and um, for us just to get to know each other. So um, yeah, as I say, get in touch. The more the merrier. As I record this, it's coming to the end of May um, and we'll be back again in two weeks time. So um, until then, uh, this is Leanne Hunt casting off. You can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com k-a-s-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it, and you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.